0: section eighty six of the brothers karamazov by fyodor dostoevsky translated by constance garnett this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by bruce peary book twelve chapter seven an historical survey the medical experts have striven to convince us that the prisoner is out of his mind and in fact a maniac i maintain that he is in his right mind and that if he had not been he would have behaved more cleverly as for his being a maniac that i would agree with but only in one point that is his fixed idea about the three thousand yet i think one might find a much simpler cause than his tendency to insanity For my part, I agree thoroughly with the young doctor, who maintained that the prisoner's mental faculties have always been normal, and that he has only been irritable and exasperated. The object of the prisoner's continual and violent anger was not the sum itself. There was a special motive at the bottom of it. That motive is jealousy. Here, Ippolit Kirillovitch described at length the prisoner's fatal passion for Grushenka he began from the moment when the prisoner went to the young person's lodgings to beat her i use his own expression the prosecutor explained but instead of beating her he remained there at her feet that was the beginning of the passion at the same time the prisoner's father was captivated by the same young person a strange and fatal coincidence for they both lost their hearts to her simultaneously though both had known her before and she inspired in both of them the most violent characteristically karamazov passion we have her own confession i was laughing at both of them yes the sudden desire to make a jest of them came over her and she conquered both of them at once the old man who worshipped money at once set aside three thousand roubles as a reward for one visit from her but soon after that he would have been happy to lay his property and his name at her feet if only she would become his lawful wife we have good evidence of this as for the prisoner the tragedy of his fate is evident it is before us but such was the young person's game The enchantress gave the unhappy young man no hope until the last moment, when he knelt before her, stretching out hands that were already stained with the blood of his father and rival. It was in that position that he was arrested. Send me to Siberia with him, I have brought him to this, I am most to blame, the woman herself cried, in genuine remorse, at the moment of his arrest the talented young man to whom i have referred already mr rakitin characterized this heroine in brief and impressive terms she was disillusioned early in life deceived and ruined by a betrothed who seduced and abandoned her she was left in poverty cursed by her respectable family and taken under the protection of a wealthy old man whom she still however considers as her benefactor there was perhaps much that was good in her young heart but it was embittered too early she became prudent and saved money she grew sarcastic and resentful against society after this sketch of her character it may well be understood that she might laugh at both of them simply from mischief from malice after a month of hopeless love and moral degradation during which he betrayed his betrothed and appropriated money entrusted to his honor the prisoner was driven almost to frenzy almost to madness by continual jealousy and of whom his father and the worst of it was that the crazy old man was alluring and enticing the object of his affection by means of that very three thousand roubles which the son looked upon as his own property part of his inheritance from his mother of which his father was cheating him yes i admit it was hard to bear it might well drive a man to madness it was not the money but the fact that this money was used with such revolting cynicism to ruin his happiness then the prosecutor went on to describe how the idea of murdering his father had entered the prisoner's head and illustrated his theory with facts at first he only talked about it in taverns he was talking about it all that month ah he likes being always surrounded with company and he likes to tell his companions everything even his most diabolical and dangerous ideas he likes to share every thought with others and expects for some reason that those he confides in will meet him with perfect sympathy enter into all his troubles and anxieties take his part and not oppose him in anything if not he flies into a rage and smashes up everything in the tavern then followed the anecdote about captain Snegiryov. those who heard the prisoner began to think at last that he might mean more than threats and that such a frenzy might turn threats into actions here the prosecutor described the meeting of the family at the monastery the conversations with alyosha and the horrible scene of violence when the prisoner had rushed into his father's house just after dinner i cannot positively assert the prosecutor continued that the prisoner fully intended to murder his father before that incident yet the idea had several times presented itself to him and he had deliberated on it for that we have facts witnesses and his own words i confess gentlemen of the jury he added that till to-day i have been uncertain whether to attribute to the prisoner conscious premeditation i was firmly convinced that he had pictured the fatal moment beforehand but had only pictured it contemplating it as a possibility he had not definitely considered when and how he might commit the crime but i was only uncertain till to-day till that fatal document was presented to the court just now you yourselves heard that young lady's exclamation it is the plan the programme of the murder that is how she defined that miserable drunken letter of the unhappy prisoner and in fact from that letter we see that the whole fact of the murder was premeditated it was written two days before and so we know now for a fact that forty-eight hours before the perpetration of his terrible design the prisoner swore that if he could not get money next day he would murder his father in order to take the envelope with the notes from under his pillow as soon as ivan had left as soon as ivan had gone away you hear that? So he had thought everything out, weighing every circumstance, and he carried it all out just as he had written it. The proof of premeditation is conclusive. The crime must have been committed for the sake of the money. That is stated clearly. That is written and signed. The prisoner does not deny his signature. I shall be told he was drunk when he wrote it, but that does not diminish the value of the letter quite the contrary he wrote when drunk what he had planned when sober had he not planned it when sober he would not have written it when drunk i shall be asked then why did he talk about it in taverns a man who premeditates such a crime is silent and keeps it to himself yes but he talked about it before he had formed a plan when he had only the desire only the impulse to it afterwards he talked less about it on the evening he wrote that letter at the metropolis tavern contrary to his custom he was silent though he had been drinking he did not play billiards he sat in a corner talked to no one he did indeed turn a shopman out of his seat but that was done almost unconsciously because he could never enter a tavern without making a disturbance It is true that after he had taken the final decision, he must have felt apprehensive that he had talked too much about his design beforehand, and that this might lead to his arrest and prosecution afterwards. But there was nothing for it. He could not take his words back. But his luck had served him before, it would serve him again. He believed in his star, you know. I must confess, too, that he did a great deal to avoid the fatal catastrophe to-morrow i shall try and borrow the money from every one as he writes in his peculiar language and if they won't give it to me there will be bloodshed here ippolit kirillovitch passed to a detailed description of all mitya's efforts to borrow the money he described his visit to samsonov his journey to lyagavy harassed jeered at hungry after selling his watch to pay for the journey though he tells us he had fifteen hundred roubles on him a likely story tortured by jealousy at having left the object of his affections in the town suspecting that she would go to fyodor pavlovitch in his absence he returned at last to the town to find to his joy that she had not been near his father he accompanied her himself to her protector strange to say he doesn't seem to have been jealous of samsonov which is psychologically interesting then he hastens back to his ambush in the back gardens and there learns that smerdyakov is in a fit that the other servant is ill the coast is clear and he knows the signals what a temptation still he resists it he goes off to a lady who has for some time been residing in the town and who is highly esteemed among us madame hohlakov that lady who had long watched his career with compassion gave him the most judicious advice to give up his dissipated life his unseemly love affair the waste of his youth and vigor in pothouse debauchery and to set off to siberia to the gold mines that would be an outlet for your turbulent energies your romantic character your thirst for adventure after describing the result of this conversation and the moment when the prisoner learnt that grushenka had not remained at samsonov's the sudden frenzy of the luckless man worn out with jealousy and nervous exhaustion at the thought that she had deceived him and was now with his father Ippolit kurilevitch concluded by dwelling upon the fatal influence of chance had the maid told him that her mistress was at Macro with her former lover nothing would have happened but she lost her head she could only swear and protest her ignorance and if the prisoner did not kill her on the spot it was only because he flew in pursuit of his false mistress but note frantic as he was he took with him a brass pestle why that why not some other weapon but since he had been contemplating his plan and preparing himself for it for a whole month he would snatch up anything like a weapon that caught his eye he had realized for a month past that any object of the kind would serve as a weapon so he instantly without hesitation recognized that it would serve his purpose so it was by no means unconsciously By no means involuntarily that he snatched up that fatal pestle and then we find him in his father's garden the coast is clear there are no witnesses darkness and jealousy the suspicion that she was there with him with his rival in his arms and perhaps laughing at him at that moment took his breath away and it was not mere suspicion the deception was open obvious she must be there in that lighted room she must be behind the screen and the unhappy man would have us believe that he stole up to the window peeped respectfully in and discreetly withdrew for fear something terrible and immoral should happen and he tries to persuade us of that us who understand his character who know his state of mind at the moment and that he knew the signals by which he could at once enter the house at this point Ippolit Kirillovitch broke off to discuss exhaustively the suspected connection of Smerdyakov with the murder he did this very circumstantially and every one realized that though he professed to despise that suspicion he thought the subject of great importance end of section eighty six